Good morning and thank you so much for joining us as we worship today on the day of Pentecost, the day that the Holy Spirit descended upon the disciples. It's an important day because the disciples' experience of the Holy Spirit changed everything. Without it, I'm fairly sure that we wouldn't be worshipping today. We'll hear more about that in a little while, but to begin our service, let's pray together. God, who at this time taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant us, by that same Spirit, a right judgment in all things, and evermore to rejoice in his holy comforts. Through the merit of Jesus Christ our Saviour, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The reading today is taken from Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. 
and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And, And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to the Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I have to say. Indeed, they're not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. And then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, thanks to Claire for reading that passage from Acts for us. It's still familiar to many of us today. But before venturing to look at it in any kind of great depth... Let me try and put it into context for you. The disciples had believed in Jesus, putting their faith, their hope and their trust in him. They'd experienced unimaginable disappointment and grief because of his death on the cross. Then, a sense of joy seeing him rise from the dead. And if that wasn't enough of an emotional roller coaster, he then tells them that he would leave them again, this time to go and be with his father in heaven. But he wouldn't leave them alone, because he promised to give them the gift of the Holy Spirit, one that would strengthen and guide them, as they sought to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's this experience of the Holy Spirit that changes everything. The disciples were paralysed by fear, locked away for fear of the Jewish and Roman authorities. But the Holy Spirit casts out all fear and enables them to share the good news about Jesus. When the day of Pentecost arrived, the disciples were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is for you and me. The experience of the day of Pentecost isn't just a historic event. It can become a present reality for you 
and for me. As Joel prophesied, I will pour out my spirit on all, men and women, old and young, rich and poor, and that definitely includes you, and it includes me. The experience of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost involves three things. First, it involves the power of God. They heard a gale. It wasn't an actual gale. It was a sound like a blowing of a violent wind. It sounds as if it resembles a heavy, tropical rainstorm. This is the mighty, invisible power of God. It was the outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual reality. The Hebrew word ruach literally means breath or wind. Ruach is used in the Old Testament for the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. The day of Pentecost was the fulfilment of when Jesus breathed on the disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, when we talk about the supernatural power of God, we need to be careful that we're not thinking about power in a normal way. Worldly power can be a dangerous thing, an oppressive thing, something that abuses people and elevates the self. But the power that comes from God is completely different. That power of God is seen in Jesus, and it's the power of gentleness and compassion. It leads to direct confrontation with the religious and political forces of the age. But Jesus doesn't change his ways, even if they lead to crucifixion. Supremely, the experience of the Holy Spirit is an experience of God's love for you. It's the way that you feel God's love for yourself, so that you can say with the Apostle Paul, The Son of God loved me and he gave himself for me. As Rick Warren says, to feel loved by God is the starting point of every ministry, every revival, every renewal, and every great awakening. The Holy Spirit is the one who provides the power for every revival, and he does that chiefly by enabling the people of God to feel, to experience, and to know in their hearts that they're loved by God. It's a kind of knowledge that travels from the head to the heart.
Secondly, it involved fire from God. They saw fire. Again, this wasn't an actual fire. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were separated and distributed to each of them and settled upon them. This again was an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual reality. The fire of God's love represents the power, the purity and the passion of God. Wherever there's an experience of the Holy Spirit, he brings new fire and new passion to your life. Growing up in the church in Ponte de Lais, I knew about God for years. I'd listened to Bible stories, sang hymns and psalms, never missed a Sunday, and I knew my way around the prayer book like a pro. But when I went away to university, I met with other Christians, and I knew that they had something that was missing in me. Then I went on an Alpha course, and I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit for myself, and everything began to change. Why? Because I no longer knew about God. I truly knew him for myself. Last year, Donald Trump came to the UK on a state visit. I can tell you lots about him because I've read about him in the news and because I follow him on Twitter. In fact, I know so much about him, he could probably be my subject of choice on Mastermind. But I've never met the man. I don't truly know him and I don't know what he's like. I just know about him. It's second-hand knowledge. When I truly came to know Jesus, I had a new passion, a new energy for the things of God. I simply couldn't get enough of it, and that's really never gone away. Are you content with second-hand knowledge about Jesus, or do you long to know him for yourself, to truly meet with him? You can, by inviting the Spirit of God into your lives. When Jesus went back to heaven, he promised to leave us a helper. Jesus was a physical being who could only be in one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit lives in every single believer who's asked Jesus into their lives. That means that we can truly never be alone. And Pentecost is the first evidence of that.
thirdly, the experience of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost involved languages from God. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in each other's tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. These were heavenly languages and they weren't learned. The Apostle Paul speaks about heavenly tongues and about human tongues. The languages were recognised and the whole of the known world was represented there. Pentecost was the direct opposite of what had happened at Babel. Perhaps you'll remember reading about the story in the book of Genesis. Men congregated and they attempted to build a tower all the way up to heaven. Their big egos had fooled them into thinking that they could equal or be even bigger than God himself and they attempted to build their own tower all the way up to heaven. God confused their efforts by making them speak in different languages and they were no longer able to understand one another. Here, at Pentecost, they're still speaking different languages, but God unites them through understanding. The experience of God's love through the Holy Spirit always brings unity to the Church. As we recognise that same Holy Spirit at work in Catholics, in Orthodox, in Protestants and Pentecostals, of whatever church denomination, there's always a healing of division and a visible experience of unity. The calling of the church today is to be in the world, but not to be of the world. A church that's so profoundly different that others would be drawn to it. To see what it means to be different. What's different about us as the people of God. So, during the course of this week, I want to encourage you to think about what you will do to speak well of others, to build others up rather than pulling them down, to bless and encourage others in a way that brings people closer together. Don't forget that Jesus prayed that we should all be one so that the world might believe, that we should be one not just with those that we like, but with those that we find it impossible to like. And that's really hard, because we're all broken, sinful human beings. And that's exactly why we need the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God himself living in us. So I want to encourage you, in your prayers, encourage the Holy Spirit to enter into your lives. The term Spirit can, of course, scare people. But remember that we're not inviting a stranger into our lives. The Spirit is the breath of Jesus, the presence of Jesus with us today, invisible and yet very present. Ask him to be more present and for you to be more aware of what he's doing in your life and in the world around you. Why not begin each day by praying, Come, come Holy Spirit, come upon me, come upon your church and upon your world. On the day of Pentecost, there were three reactions, all of which we see today to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The first reaction was amazement. Some were utterly amazed. The second reaction was perplexity. Perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And the third reaction was one of ridicule. Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Peter began to explain to them what had happened. 
First, he contested the false explanation. Some were offering a natural explanation for something supernatural. They insisted that the people were drunk. It may have looked as if they were drunk, because of course they were exuberant and they'd lost their inhibitions. But Peter's answer, I think, is great. It's so funny, and it shows us that both his feet are solidly on the ground. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. It was, of course, a form of drunkenness, but this wasn't a natural intoxication with wine. It was the intoxication of the spirit, the only kind of intoxication that doesn't leave us with a hangover. Then Peter offered a true explanation for what was going on. He began his speech by pointing out that this was biblical. Some people want to draw a false dichotomy between word and spirit, but the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. The Old Testament, that is the Word of God, points towards this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, goes back to the Bible. The Holy Spirit always brings a hunger for the Word of God. And so I want to encourage you yet again to delve into your Bibles. Allow God to speak to you. A great tool to help you do this is the Bible in one year. It breaks down the Bible into small bite-sized chunks and every day it gives you a helpful commentary on the passages to help you understand the context and to think about how you can apply it to your own life. So, as I bring all of this to an end, I want to encourage you to be more open to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that reminds us of the power of God and his love. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that instills in all of us a new energy and a new desire for the things of God. And it brings us closer together as his people, whatever our denomination and whatever tradition we belong to. So as God's people, be famous for love. Famous for your love for God and for each other. Amen.
Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you at the end of another week of lockdown um, with glorious sunshine and glorious weather to enjoy. And we come and remember that the Holy Spirit that revealed itself to the disciples all those years ago is the same Holy Spirit that reveals itself to us and is actively engaged and involved in our lives in the midst of this lockdown and summer 2020. Lord God, we thank you that your fire, your Holy Spirit is one that unites and brings peace and healing. It is not one that causes division and destruction. And I want to pray the presence and the influence of your Holy Spirit over our broken world where where there are many fires raging, um, causing destruction and grief and damage, untold damage to human lives and physical buildings and communities, God. And in particular, we lift up the family of George Floyd, 
his family, his friends, his colleagues, the communities he was part of, and everybody who strongly resonate resonates with his his story and his unjust murder this week. Lord, on the, on the news we see pictures of of buildings on fire, raging on fire, of lots of angry people, angry at the unjustness of what has happened, God, and into that chaos, into that hatred, into that unjustness and unfairness. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would come and bring bring unity where there is none, bring understanding where there is misunderstanding, bring love where there is hatred, bring calmness where there is just chaos right now. Please come, Holy Spirit, and work in that and other similar circumstances going on in the world right now that we know of. Lord Jesus, I thank you for our church communities um, and just for the wealth of opportunities to connect over Zoom and via the internet and over the telephone. It's wonderful, God. Please may that continue and continue to bless us through that um, individually and communally. But God, it's not the same as meeting face to face. And I pray that a day will come soon when it is safe for us to meet again. And God, I know that it, it can be hard to walk the Christian life and have that fire in our hearts continually burning when we don't get to brush off other people face to face. So I want to pray for our, our churches, our communities, um, the people who who make up our church. That is church. It's not actually a building it's the people but we're all separated at the moment and for I pray for those who are finding it really hard to connect and keep that fire burning that passion for you burning in their heart as they're separate Lord Holy Spirit come into their lives and and just like you you overwhelmed the disciples and they were surprised by suddenly what your Holy Spirit did for them, God. I pray you would do the same for those individuals and you'd spark that fire. And when the embers have grown cold, God, would your Holy Spirit just rouse them once more until they are burning and in full flame for you because of your love, God. And Lord, I want to pray for us individually too. I thank you, God, that um, in Wales, there is now some slight restrictions to the lockdown and we are able to to meet up with people in a way we weren't before. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are powerful. I thank you that you're a spirit of wisdom, of love, of power, supernatural power. We can't explain you, God. We can't explain you, Holy Spirit, but you are good. Lord, as we seek to make decisions about who to see, who not to see, where to go, where not to go, Holy Spirit, would you bestow your holy wisdom on us as we make those decisions, not only for our own well-being, but to show practical love to our neighbours, whether we know them or not, and to keep them safe as well. Lord God, thank you that you're with each and every one of us. And as today's Gospel reading shows you are a powerful unpredictable God and when you're involved things don't always happen the way we expect or plan or can understand but you're a good God and just like Lucy said in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe about Aslan is he safe and Mr Beaver says safe 
Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Lord, we praise you and we worship you that you are good. You are God, so how can we how can we say you're completely safe? But you are good. And this week going forward, may we remember the unpredictability and the confusion that happened at Pentecost because of our good God and the good things that he gave his children to help unite the world, to help show his love more and give them power and love and courage to do the things God wants them to do. Amen. So as the service draws to a close for another week, May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. There's nothing worth more That will ever come close Nothing can compare You're our living hope Your presence, Lord I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves When my heart becomes free And my shame is undone In your presence, Lord mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here Come fly Police and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence. There's nothing worth more That will ever come close Nothing can compare You're our living hope Hey, your presence, Lord I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves When my heart becomes free And my shame is undone Your presence, Lord hey, Help me say Spirit, you are welcome here Come flood this place and fill the air. Your glory.
Your presence, Lord. 